kind of went off the rails there. Welcome back from our unexpected summer hiatus. I'm your host, Kyle Hill. That was uh, what my buddy Andrew Rapp used to say when we worked at uh, Sixth and Min down in KCK. So um, I always remember that from him. But uh, wasn't planning to be gone this long, but uh, had to recover from that marathon episode with Tony a while back. You know what they say, you're only supposed to run two marathons a year. Or so I've heard, and that's what the Google says, so it must be true. Can you sense my sarcasm on that latter source? (laughs) Anyways, on today's episode, we're talking about what to do with that old 401k. And you might ask, why? Because a ton of people are changing jobs, and the 401k can oftentimes get left behind. Is that a good strategy? And what are other options? We'll discuss all that and more. Um, I say will because I'm joined by fellow financial advisor and LinkedIn rock star, Ethan Hutchison of Metcalf Partners Wealth Management in Overland Park, Kansas. As always, I'll provide the proper introductions, but uh, before we dive right into it, I need to remind you that this is for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as advice because I'm not your financial advisor. However... I could be if I did my proper due diligence and evaluated your personal situation. The best way to get started is to schedule a call with me, and you can do so by going to my website located in the show notes. That's me pointing down to the show notes, by the way. Everything is in the show notes, folks. And to show your appreciation, do us a solid and drop us a review. Five stars, by the way, is the appropriate number of stars. As always, if you want to skip the fluff, which is ill-advised check the show notes for the time marker and now here's my interview with ethan hutchison all right welcome back from the hiatus uh wasn't planning to be gone that long but uh got a special guest with us ethan hutchison got it right not hutchinson but hutchinson (laughs) um how you doing today buddy I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. How long was the hiatus? Um, last time I recorded was on 420. So it was with uh, Tony. Yeah. So nothing, yeah. no coincidence, no, nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing related yeah. to that particular date. Uh, just uh, been struggling to get a new new episode out. But uh, probably lost um, yeah. themselves yeah. after that day. So Forgot to <laughs> hop, <laughs> hopping back on the horse. So cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for hopping on the mic with me and uh, looking forward to our um, topic and conversation today, sharing your expertise. Um, but uh, I always like to um, take a little little opportunity to get to know guests uh, so people know who they're listening to. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you got my name right. I'm Ethan Hutchison. I'm a uh, financial planner here with Metcalf Partners Wealth Management. We're a uh, small shop off of College of Metcalf, uh, independent RIA here. Um, personally, I've been in the business going on eight years. Um, married, we've got a, a seven-month-old. We're uh, both K-Staters. Uh, my wife, uh, her name's Shanna. She runs, uh, I'll plug her a little Instagram and blog. She Her handle is Wellness for the Win. 
Um, she's a dietitian, so uh, she handles the health side of the household, and I kind of handle the finances. So we complement each other pretty well there. So I, I need to talk to her then <laughs> about Probably, my diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I got my uh, morning run in yesterday though before it got too hot, so only made Better. it four and a quarter. Better than me. Uh, yep. I uh, I've got to get I've got to get shoulder surgery. I've got a torn labrum. So I uh, my doctors kind of said stay off. You know, don't run or do any of that stuff. Don't irritate it more. So I'm doing physical therapy now. So it kind of sucks. I can't can't go to the gym. Can't really run or do do much of that stuff anymore right now. You overdoing it in the yard with the fastballs or what? Yeah, How'd that happen? A, too much mowing going on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love mowing some yeah, days. Yeah. It's a good way to get out of the house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that stinks. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to hear about the yeah. labrum issue. No, it's all good. Yeah. I, I scheduled my surgery to December, so I got some time to prepare for it. I'll be all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so a uh, quick question for you. Has anyone ever confused you with Josh Hutcherson? Very, nope. very similar. You know, actor from Hunger Games. No, right, uh, I don't think I don't know if I've seen Hunger Games. What? Wait, have I? I think I've seen Hunger it. Games. No, Katniss. I don't. Uh, he's probably a lot more wealthier than I am, and probably better looking. So no, I haven't been confused. <laughs> well, well, I mention it because when I when I uh, look at your name, I think of you. I always think of him, and I don't know because you guys kind of you got a similar look. Gotcha. So you have, you'll have to go go Google it, but uh, um, yeah, yeah. I think the no. so he's in Hunger Games, but he's probably more notably um, famous for Bridge to Terabithia. Okay, <laughs> haven't seen that one either. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I, I that's where I first saw him, and yes, I if anybody's keeping track there i would have been in my early 20s when that came out and so uh not weird not weird um it's his movie but i, I think i uh, may have taken my little from big brothers big sisters to see it at the movie theaters or something like that so. gotcha okay back in the back in the uh, 90s huh <laughs> yeah well, early 2000s so yeah i think it came yeah. out in 2007 um so yeah yeah we'll just call you Peter now from yeah Games. that'll work <laughs> so seven month old How's, how's, how's that going? How's fatherhood? It's good. good. His name's Rhett. He's, uh, he's scooting, motoring around the house more. So it's funny. The first six months was completely different. You know, you get home from work and you kind of play with them a little bit. And now he's seven months old. He's starting to crawl and standing up on stuff. And now you just got to watch him and make sure he's not falling all over the place. He'll come home from daycare with bruises and, and stuff from just smacking his head on the floor. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. My days have turned into getting off work, picking him up and following him around the house. So, yeah. Yeah. It you used to be you could sit on the sofa and just kind of stare at him and watch him as they, you know, squirm yeah. around like a, a turtle on its shell. Um, but yeah, once they start crawling and stuff, it's like, crap, we've actually got to get up and move around. Exactly. So yeah. Everything. Yeah, we tried, you know, those uh, dog stakes, people put dogs on their front yard, they stake the lawn and they put them on a leash and they can only go like 50 feet. We did yeah. that and then we got someone called the, you know, child services on us. So we, we took took the leash off of them and now we just got to follow them around. So now you just put them in the cage. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and we're kidding, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Joking. Joking. Yeah. So yeah. I used to joke when our uh, oldest started uh, crawling out of his crib. Oh man. It was a dreadful day. I was like, can we just put like a top on it on his yeah. crib so he can't crawl out? Like we're not ready for this uh, transition to a bed. Yeah. But that's yeah. I'm not looking forward to that. So we'll have to do some barbed wire fence or something on top of that. Yeah. 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 So, well, good. Yeah, I think I was I was telling you before we hopped on here. So my oldest Thomas, he started kindergarten this week. So that was um, down the street from us. And then uh, um, our youngest Harrison, he started at a new preschool, which is next door to Thomas's school. So, yeah, they're literally less than a minute away from me. I'm not leaving a five block radius anymore yeah. uh, from my house. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, the only, only time I travel out of the area is to go over to like my in-laws or the grocery store or to go play baseball. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my oldest plays baseball. Um, he's seen a hitting coach and, um, but uh, we're playing fall ball and my three-year-old Harrison um, is playing 6U coach pitch. Oh, really? Are you pitching? <laughs> no, 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 no. So our, our head coach is, but I'm, I'm helping coach. But uh, to be fair, he turns four next month. But, uh, yeah, he just he just started up playing. Uh, they had their first game last Sunday. We've got a game today, two games today. Ooh, 6U hot. coach pitch and a 7U machine pitch. Man. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious. He's actually pretty not bad. That's it's, good. It's not bad. And they call this like, fall ball, even though it's 110 degrees outside. Yeah, no kidding, man. It's yeah. going to be dreadful uh, this evening. Um, we we're uh, last Sunday. We we're at the ball fields from like noon to five. I was spent because I yeah. was helping coach. I was in the field, like directing kids where to go and everything. So, um, two, is that two yeah. games. Yeah, two games, two okay. games. The six use fifty minutes, and then the seven U. We were uh, shocked to see it's eighty minutes. So wow. we we're like, oh hey, extra <laughs> baseball. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so we've got two games today, and it's my nine year wedding anniversary today. Congratulations! So, That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Nine years, just shy of a decade. That'd be that'd be a, a fun one. Almost there, almost there. Yeah. So, uh, any suggestions on what I should get her? uh maybe a fan for the for the baseball games <laughs> she she we woke up this morning she's like so what are we doing for our uh anniversary i said going to baseball games yeah, uh, yeah i think we're gonna do something this weekend so nice but, congratulations uh, that's awesome oh thank you it's also my dad would have been my dad's birthday so we got married on my dad's birthday so awesome cool big day for you guys yeah yeah so anywho so k-stater um not a cfp what's wrong with you i know that's what the aams is for i st i worked towards my cfp and then life kind of crap man life kind of happens yeah. tell us so tell us a little bit about the aams uh yeah it stands for accredited asset management specialist and it's got a little uh trademark r deal on the end of it there makes it official but um Started studying for the CFP, took a couple of exams, uh, passed a couple of the courses, and then uh, I had 
um, changed some, got some promotions and moved around career wise a little bit um, and kind of put the CFP on the back burner, but found out that I qualified for the AANS, uh, went ahead and took that test and wanted to put some letters behind the name. So um, stuck with that, took the AAMS, passed it, uh, and then need to get back into the CFP groove. But uh, with the seven month old and a little bit of uh, extracurricular activities going on, it's, it's kind of tough. So uh, we'll get there eventually, but for now, you can think of me as an accredited asset management specialist. Awesome. Yeah. It'll be there waiting for you anytime. Yeah. Already, so <laughs> no right. rush, no rush. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I've always said, you know, it's, it's nice to have the CFP. It's kind of an extra layer on top of mm -hmm. just, you know, what I say about the a financial advisor is anybody can be a financial advisor. You just yeah. have to pass test, pay a fee. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just an extra layer, but I mean, you have that with AMS and, um, you know, it is what it yeah. is. There's, there's plenty of good advisors out there that don't have a credential and just financial advisors. But, yeah. um, you know, when you have a, a credential like that, it's just kind of an extra layer for, for vetting someone knowing, well, they've got some competency. <laughs> It's, it's, it's kind of a stamp of approval and CFP is definitely the most prestigious designation too. So my goal, I'm 30 now, uh, my goal is 37. I want to have it by the time I'm 37. So we, we yeah, plan okay. on having another child in between there and kind of get them off into school and then buckle down and, and start studying again. So, oh, okay. yep, yep. Awesome, plan to kind of a career goal of mine, but not in the cards currently. So we'll get there. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you'll get there. Uh, yep. planner's got a plan. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's in my financial plan, my personal financial plan. Yeah. Well, um, so we're talking about what to do with that old 401k today. But before oh, yeah. we get started, we've got to do our uh, famous, infamous, notorious 15 minutes of fluff with Ethan. So are you ready? Ready. Have you Shoot. have you listened to the podcast before? I have. Yes. Okay. So you're familiar. You're familiar. Well, I listened to it, but it's been five months since you put one out. Yeah. So <laughs> now that the kids are in school full time, uh -huh. we're good to go. We're going to start pumping these out. So yeah. um, then we'll talk about maybe some future episodes of what's in, in the pipeline. So, um, but yeah, uh, just, you know, real quick, kind of the way we connected, um, I saw you blowing up uh, LinkedIn. Um, you're like a LinkedIn connoisseur, um, mm -hmm. LinkedIn expert. If anybody's looking for some good financial advice, daily financial advice, uh, definitely follow you. I saw you have some followers. I'm like, how do you get followers? I Nobody's do. following me. I'm just uh, shy of 4,000. So if you want to follow <laughs> me and get me up to 4,000 followers, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll have to double check and make sure I'm following you. Not just yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw you floating around on LinkedIn and then... Uh, um, we got introduced by our uh, buddy, Andy Flattery. I feel he, he like knows everyone. I swear yeah. he's a social butterfly, yeah. but, uh, you guys did a podcast last year. Everybody should go check that out on, uh, Patrick Mahomes, what he should do with his, uh, big signing his, uh, what 10 year, half a billion dollar contract. So, yes. yeah. um, I don't know if, uh, uh, buying into the Royals and sporting KC and then, uh, bringing what 30 Whataburgers to the area. I don't yeah. know if that was in your guys' advice, but, uh, sounds like it's, uh, it's going well. Yeah. He's doing awesome. Uh, have you ever been to Whataburger? It's amazing. Yeah. Have you? Okay. I they have, they have the best ketchup, this side of the Mississippi. 
Best ketchup. Okay. I'm serious, man. It's good. Check it out. Yeah. Awesome. All right. 15 minutes fluff. You ready for it? Ready. What is the best book you've read in the last year? And I say read with quotes. I don't read books anymore. I listen to audio books because I don't have time to sit down and read books, yep. which is a problem. Go yep. ahead. And the one that I'm thinking of that really struck me, I can't even think of the name of it. It was the um, the gold standard, but it was the Bitcoin standard. It was called. Okay. Um, it's it's a book about how circulation of gold and how that worked back in the in the past, and with the Fed and all that stuff, and how the dis- decentralization of Bitcoin moving into a different currency uh, operates similar to the gold standard. Uh, it's a really interesting read for us finance nerds. Uh, yeah. If you're a marketing guy or something like that, you're probably not going to be interested in it, but it gets pretty into the weeds of stuff. But that was the last one I, same with you, read. I uh, I can't sit down and read anymore. It's all get in the truck, turn on an audio book, and hopefully I can pay attention to it. You say, you know, marketing people might not be interested in that, but I think everybody's fascinated with it and just kind of... Um, True just the idea behind it and how it's taken off and you know, there's, but, uh, it's definitely an interesting conversation and, uh, podcast topic I'm wanting to cover, um, is cryptos, Bitcoin, that sort of thing. So read, read that book. It's, it's, it's interesting. The first half is really educational about the gold standard and what that meant back in the twenties and thirties, uh, and you know, how gold was put into circulation. Moving forward through the 60s, 70s, 80s, it's a pretty cool history lesson too. And then it pushes us forward into the future of what Bitcoin could potentially do and look like. So it's pretty cool. Thanks a lot, Tricky Dick. (laughs) Um, He took us off the gold standard, by the way. Um, Yep. Yep. Richard Nixon. So Um, mine is Fortitude, American Mm -hmm. Resilience in the Era of Outrage by... Dan Crenshaw, um, (laughs) big fan. Everybody probably thinks I have a man crush on him. Um, (laughs) I just, I really, I really like, uh, him as a person and, uh, kind of his mindset and, um, he's going to be our future president. I think so too. I give it a couple more terms of someone else (laughs) and he'll, he'll, he'll have to step up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, just has some, really good, um, lessons about personal responsibility, um, mm-hmm. and individualism, um, you know, being in control of our own actions and determining our own future. And, um, we have agency, the government doesn't need to take care of us. Yep. Um, and, uh, there's one quote in there that he talks about when he went to Harvard, uh, uh for his master's in, uh, what, public policy or whatever. Um, but, uh, he said one of his, uh, uh, professors said at the beginning of the class, um, try not to offend anyone, but try even harder not to be offended. Yeah. Um, which I, I think is, is, a a good, a good statement to make these days because everybody's outraged over everything. It's just like, chill the F out. We, we learned it as kids and you've got young ones, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's, I, I don't know if it's skipped a generation or what, but, but that seems to be 
so what we grew up on that statement alone and it's not there yeah anymore. i was telling my kids that last night yeah well just like okay because they yeah. want to whine because he called me stupid or something okay we don't say stupid but yeah. stop with the hurt feelings you're okay you know yeah. um i don't know we're just so fragile these days yeah. like a glass no living in a glass house yeah <laughs> so all right other the other one other one is uh apocalypse never my environmental alarmism hurts us all by michael schellenbarger that's an interesting read um, I think I've talked to you about this before, but doing a podcast on ESG investing, uh -huh. um, it, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Just, uh, kind of blows up the whole green new deal. We need all this renewable energy and, um, really goes into the statistics and everything. So, um, pretty fascinating. So, and he's an environmentalist, so he's okay. been kind of an environmental activist his entire um, adult life. And, and, uh, so it was, it was pretty interesting read and has the facts to back it up and everything. What's the title of that one again? It is. It's a pretty thick book too. Oh, um, apocalypse never both of these books, which neither one of them have been banned by Amazon yet. So nice or your public library. So, <laughs> uh, overdrive, but anywho, moving on. What is your favorite memory from K-State? Favorite memory from K-State or lack thereof of memory from K-State? Uh, this is a pretty good one. Um, I had a buddy, a couple of buddies of mine had a uh, outhouse. They lived right there. So you got Aggieville and then you've got, I think, is it Anderson or Bluemont? And then you've got houses. And uh, well, yeah. Anderson and turns into Bluemont. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And they're... Um, right there and one night we were it was probably like 5 6 p.m k-state home game the next night and uh football and we were out on the front porch and they happened to get a keg and we were just drinking keg girl on the front porch just like every other college student does and we look over and there's this uh yellow hummer parked right across from us in this gas station and this big huge just looked like an NFL football player hops out and just starts running over to us. And we're like, what in the hell is this? What's going on? Well, it was uh, Gronkowski, his older <laughs> brother, the NFL Gronkowski ran over and uh, ran up to the keg and goes, hold me up, hold me up and did a keg stand. And we were all holding Gronk, Gronk up and he did a keg stand and then ran off. And one oh. of my buddies was standing there with his iPhone at the time, videotaping him doing this. And Gronk got down off the keg stand, looked at him and said, give me your phone. And my buddy is, my buddy's tall. He's like six, two, but he was looking up at Gronk like, oh shit. And uh, <laughs> gave him his phone and Gronk, Gronk got on there, deleted his, the video of it. But I have evidence. I've got proof of it too on my phone. I've kept it. So, <laughs> so he didn't see me filming on the side. So Gronkowski awesome. did a keg stand about two feet away from me. That's pretty cool. So he didn't Gronk your buddy's phone. He did not. No, we were all we all thought he would have, he was about ready to Gronk it. But at the time, Gronk's little brother, I think I got I can't remember his name. Glenn. Glenn. Glenn Gronkowski. Glenn, Glenn played for K State. So so Rob, so the Gronkowski family came in all the time. Uh, we'd yeah. see him at tailgates and stuff like that. So it was pretty funny. But he just ran up, did a keg stand, deleted the video, and ran away. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Glenn, we called him Baby Gronk. Um, yeah. He. He played fullback, so it was, you know, 
fullbacks are kind of not a thing anymore. And so yeah. he ended up getting drafted by the Buffalo Bills, but never, yeah. you know, so he wasn't he as big as his brother. No, uh, no. But, they, I mean, them next to each other, they look like brothers because they all look like Gronkowski's, yeah. but size, height-wise, completely different. Yeah. So um, I'm going to keep this simple, meeting my wife. Nice. Happy anniversary, honey. So she was uh, up meeting, uh, visiting her sister. Um, her sister liked to, uh, used to hang out at our fraternity house and she was up uh, visiting her sister one weekend and we met and, uh, God, how, many years, how many years later is that? Wow. <laughs> I've got to think about that one. That's over 10 years. That's like 15 years yeah. later. We're, uh, got two kids in a house and there two dogs. Go. Very fitting on the year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was going to say that or K-State beating uh, KU in, in uh, basketball at Bramlage where, uh, with Beasley and we stormed the court and everything. That was kind of yeah. cool. That's always so, a fun game to win. But what's a word that makes you squeamish? Makes me squeamish? Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one. Woke. Woke? <laughs> I scream when I hear woke wokeness. No, I uh, yeah, that, I'll I'll stay with that one. Get woke. Yeah, yeah. Go broke. Um, okay. Mine used to be poop, but then you had kids. But then I had kids, and now it's just like my kid. That that's my kids talk about that feces and poop yeah. all the time. I'm like, whatever, man. I don't know what your obsession is with poop, but okay. Um, but yeah, before kids, I was like, just, I don't know, 30 and didn't want to talk about it. It was like weird. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten over that. Yeah. So and now that you say it, like my, the word that would, I'd hear it and I'd be like, oh, it's squish. Like squish. Squish a bug or squishing a turd or something. But now that I got kids, it's like, it's just, it's yeah. Second nature. Is it so moist? Isn't yeah. moist one of those for a lot of people? Yeah. 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 I'd say that falls under the category for me too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, what's one sport you wish you would have played or at least tried? Never played football. Really? Never played football. Nope. <clears throat> Growing up, we were baseball, soccer, and then uh, raced motocross. So never really got into the, the football football's realm. I think I played – no, I don't even think I played flag football. I did flag football intramurals at K State, but uh, okay, yeah, never got into tackle, two hand touch, any of that stuff. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Because you went to Olathe South. Olathe East. East. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, for me, I wish I would have played baseball more competitively. I did like city league, but I wish I'd have, you know see my kids play. I'm like, man, I wish I really would have gotten into this more. Um, cause I love playing in the basement with them now and everything, but, but it, uh, something I wish I would try bobsledding. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but I, except I don't like the cold. So, right. but it, but it just kind of makes you wonder, like, how does one get into bobsledding? You gotta be living, living in the cold, like an it, ass. I mean, who says, let's go to the local bobsledding track. I mean, who says that? Yeah. It seems like anyone with a pulse could be a bobsledder. It's like 
you know, you, you just have to have access to the bobsled track. I, and I think like wealth goes into it because you think about, yeah. you know, your Olympic skiers and snowboarders, they grew up living on Vail or, you know, Aspen living in those environments. So being from Manhattan, I don't know if you had many hills to, to even sled on. So <laughs> I don't know if bobsledding would have been up your guy's alley out there. There was always a hill in our household. That's right. <laughs> I teed you up for that one. Uh, yeah, but I mean, do they even in Vail, Aspen, whatever, do they even have bobsled tracks there? I'm sure they do. If someone could, could email us and let us know, that'd be yeah. great. Somebody look into that for us. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, last one. I'm going to, I'm going to skip cause I know we're, we, we're buttoning up on time here, so we need to get into our topic, but, uh, I ask everybody and going with baseball, maybe you even did this. I don't know, but, uh, what would your walk-up song be? Probably Stranglehold by Tred, uh, Ted Nugent. Okay. Yeah. That one just okay. pumps me up. I'd say Freebird, but you got to wait until the guitar solo. And that would be the longest walk-up song ever. Because you get to the guitar solo, and that's when, it, you know, that's when it really kicks into gear. So I just have to, you know, just wait and then get to the guitar solo. But I'd, I'd start out with Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. I'd get, okay. I'd okay. Pump me up. Well, when, when they do the walk-up songs, they cut it in like at a certain point in the song on a lot of them. Because yeah. so mine, um, just because we've gone to a couple of Royals games and we're at the, I went with my father-in-law and my nephew and, and Thomas uh, last Thursday to the uh, Astros day game yeah. against the Royals. And my son has been singing Andrew Benatendi's walk-up song ever since. And it's... I love this life by low cash. So I'm going to say that's mine, not because I love the song or anything, but it's just, my son's been singing it constantly. And it's like, I love this life. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a good singer, but, um, love this life, love country girl, something like that. And I so I mean, they, they cut it into like the upbeat part. So gotcha. you, should, you could do, what'd you say? Stairway to heaven. Yeah. Free, free bird. Yeah. yeah. Freebird, Freebird. Yep. Sorry, sorry. Yep. Yeah, Freebird. So, um, okay, awesome. All right, so that's our uh, our uh, fifteen minutes of fluff. So, <laughs> what everybody came here for? That's but, it. Um, so let's talk about our topic today: what to do with that old four hundred one k. And you're probably wondering why are we talking about this? And it's because millions of people are changing jobs or have changed jobs. Um, uh, you're, you're the LinkedIn pro, but if you look on LinkedIn, it's like, you're congratulating people left and right for starting a new job. You know, everybody's changed jobs and, um, there's right now there's, uh, according to the most recent, um, statistics, there's over 10 million jobs available today. Um, and we only have 8.7 million people that are filing for unemployment. So there's more jobs than we have people to fill them, um, which, uh, creates opportunity for those that are looking for a new job to leverage that. Yeah. So, but I mean, you drive around, you see help wanted signs all over in windows. Um, there's, uh, surveys that are showing up to 40% or more are considering changing jobs in 2021. Um, just dive into that a little deeper, according to Forbes, the great resignation, I guess is what we're calling this. 
Um, a phrase that you've likely been hearing everywhere was coined by Professor Anthony Klotz of Texas A&M. He argues that as we transition to the post-pandemic workplace, people would rather vacate their jobs than resume the old normal of slogging to the office every day. And the evidence is mounting prudential. Um, in one of their surveys, one in four U.S. workers will be looking for a new job when the pandemic eases up. Microsoft research finds that 41% of the global workforce is weighing leaving their current employer this year. Monster reports as many as 95% of workers are currently considering changing jobs. So, um, so I think it's a very relevant topic because oftentimes you change jobs, but uh, the 401k or version of the 401k, depending on your employer, gets left behind. And so I think before we dive into this, maybe talk about Ethan, just what is a 401k? <laughs> um, a lot of people think it's an investment um, yep. or it, do I have a good 401k? Well, that kind of depends. <laughs> um, yeah. So maybe, maybe talk about that a little bit. So to keep it as simple as possible, a 401k is an account. Um, that your employer adds to your benefit package for for your employer benefits, um, similar to a checking account. That's an account. Your savings account is an account. Roth IRA, traditional IRA, brokerage account. Those are all accounts that you put investments in. Um, the cool thing about a 401k, uh, and the reason it's called a 401k, it, it highlights a, a particular um, section of the tax code, which we're not going to get into that today, but that's why it's called a 401k. It's an employer sponsored retirement plan. Um, in its simplest form, you put investments inside of there. So that is what a 401k is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the analogy. So you've got a checking account, a savings account. They're both bank accounts. They just have kind of different features. Checking account is more for doing your daily business of buying and selling, whereas a savings account is more geared towards savings. Usually you're getting um, interest on the money that's in there. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, both bank accounts just have different features or of what they're trying to do. And so the investments, as you said, with the 401k, IRA, or just a taxable investment account, those are all different types of investment accounts that we would call brokerage accounts. They're for investments. So you put your money inside there and purchase investments inside of it. Um, so they just have different features. Um, and as, as you mentioned, the 401k is an employer sponsored plan. Um, so it's, it's uh, employers um, set these plans up to be able to provide as a benefit to employees where you can make uh, deferrals from your payroll, from your paycheck into the account um, on a pre-tax or if it's a Roth 401k, a post-tax basis. Um, so I was doing a little research on this. And so 401ks are only about 40 years old. So they're, they're about as old as my sister. Sorry. 1980. Yep. Yeah. 1980s when they started up. So, um, and it was almost kind of started by accident. Um, but, uh, I'll include a link in there, kind of a interesting read, but, 
Um, as you mentioned, section of the internal revenue code that permits an employer to create a retirement plan, yada, 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 too deep into the weeds. But um, so we're talking about 401ks. There's also um, other types of similar accounts. So 403B, so nonprofits, municipality, municipalities, um, education sector. Uh, typically, you're going to see 403Bs. And then TSP, so government employees, federal government employees. So they all have kind of the same features, so to speak. So, but uh, uh, the the 401k is a popular thing. Um, and when I was uh, looking into this, roughly 80% of Americans work for an employer that sponsors a 401k style retirement plan. So going back to 401k style, so 403b, TSP, that would be included in that. Um but uh, and that was as of 2017 when this was wrote so it could be more there's been some legislation to expand that um, for smaller employers to make it more accessible to them um but compared to kind of what what our parents grew up with um thinking about or our our grandparents grew up with uh the pensions where you know you'd work for set company for your entire career. And then at the end, you get a gold watch and a pension, a stream of income for the rest of your life until you die. And so just 13% of all private sector workers have a traditional pension as of uh, whenever this was done recently, uh, compared to 38% in 79. So it's it's decreased in popularity. Um and kind of my mindset on this is, you know, pensions nice to have, especially if it's a government pension. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But uh, if I had a choice between a pension fund manager manin managing my financial future based on the collective, because they're managing the pot of money for everyone, not just you individually. And so they're investing it based on people that are pulling from the pension uh, retirement stream of income, whereas my goals are a little bit different from those individuals. Um, so if I have the choice of that or 401 or 401k where I get to manage it myself based on my individual goals and it's my account, I'm choosing the 401k. So every day of the week. Yep. Um, but, uh, and so I say it's popular, you know, with these employers, many employers will auto enroll employees. So even if you don't enroll yourself, you may have money in a 401k, even if you don't know it, didn't realize it, because a lot of them that offer 401ks will auto-enroll employees. And generally what I've seen is around 3%. Is that kind of yep. what you've seen as well? So 3% yep. of your pay into yeah. 401k. And, and I don't want to jump, you know, get over my skis here, but that's, it's kind of similar to a match. You will hear a yeah. lot of employers are matching their, their employees. So if you put in 3%, they will match you. 3%. Um, and you've probably, your parents have probably told you this and you'll hear it from us as advisors too. That's free money. And you should definitely make sure you're matching up, up at least up to the employee match, employer match. Um, but there are, as Kyle was saying, in most cases, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to throw a caveat in there. Cause I've got a client who the match is not very good yeah. and there's a vesting period yep. and mm, will she be around that long? Um, yeah. with this employer. So it's like, well, I don't know. So yeah, consult with your advisor, but yes, and, yes. And get it. And cause each, cause to that point, every case is different. Um, yeah. But general of, rule of thumb, 
the yep. after the match. Exactly. We'll speak in rule of thumbs <laughs> today. <laughs> um, and, and, and like you said, the 3%, um, sometimes if you contribute nothing, your company will give you the 3% still. Um, and I've seen that a couple of times as well. It's a little more rare than the match, but it, but it's definitely out there. Yeah, I know um, a lot of uh, government employees with TSP, they get an automatic 1% of their pay without even, you know, putting anything in it. So yeah. um, got, a, got a few clients that, with that situation. So, so yeah, if you work for one of these companies that has a 401k or 403b TSP, you're probably auto-enrolled auto and you, you probably have funds invested in the plan. Yeah. Um, and so talking in terms of this great resignation, what do you do when you leave your job? What do you do with that 401k or 403b or TSP? And so let, let's talk through the options of uh, what are available and, you know, what makes the most sense and how to, how to figure out what makes the most sense. So I'll let you kick this off. So tell us about what the options are for the 401k. So the three, again, back to the rule of thumb, the three main options, uh, you can leave it there. So you work for Sprint. And then you get hired on at Cerner. So you leave leave Sprint, move to Cerner. You just leave your 401k at Sprint. That's an option. Um, the other option, which is seemingly more popular, is roll your Sprint 401k, in this example, over to your Cerner 401k. So you're taking $50,000 of vested um, funds at your old 401k, rolling them over to your new 401k. That's tax-free. Um, that's and then contributing to that new 401k and then forgetting about your old one. Um, and then the third and final most popular one is to roll it into a Roth IRA or an IRA, traditional IRA, depending on how you saved those funds, whether pre-tax or post-tax um, before you can roll those out and manage those yourself. Um, you can have an advisor manage them uh, or you can hire a robo advisor to manage those. So those are the, the top three to recap. Keep it at your old employer, roll it over to your new employer, or roll it out to an IRA. Let's dive into it a little bit on pros and cons of keeping it there. You know, pros, you don't have to do anything. You just leave it there, right? Um, you don't have to do any paperwork to move it or anything like that. The investments stay the same. Any other any any other thoughts on that as far as, as the pros? That's the easiest because... I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of, it, they make it hard to roll out your 401k, to move it yeah. to either your new 401k or to an IRA. It's not an easy process. You, you'd think in today's environment, you can click a button and move the money, um, but you can't. You got to call them, get on the phone, wait on hold, figure out where you're going to put the money. Are you going to roll it over to a new IRA? Well, if that's the case, you got to open up a new IRA. You got to have an account number on file to push the money to there. So they make it challenging. So, um, the pros is it's pretty easy just to leave it there. Uh, yeah. But, and, and a lot of these, I don't know if my experience is you've got to do like paperwork, yeah. um, like actually print the stuff out, fill it out, hoping you're filling it out correctly and then submit it. Um, and then yeah, wait they send you a check. Back to you. Yeah. yeah. Wait for them to get back to you. Say, Hey, you did this wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, as far, as far as the cons go, it's with your old employer that you left. So um, hopefully you left on good terms, maybe not. But I say it's with your old employer. It's with your old employer plan sponsor. It's just 
more hurdles to have access to the money that is yours, to the account that is yours. Um, also, you know, a lot of things, uh, things that I um, harp on are cost. You know, when you it's inside a 401k plan, you have the two big fees are going to be administrative fees, which you may or may not see. Um, you know, sometimes your employer may cover those, but then also the expense ratios of the funds. Um, I've run into situations with uh, um, clients where I've evaluated their 401k and funds that they could get on their own in in an account, in an IRA, um, there's a markup on these funds, on the expense ratios. So it makes, more ex- makes them more expensive. It's a drag on the returns than what you could get outside on your own. Um, so there's the costs. Also, you have limited options. Um, and what I like to kind of phrase this as is inside your 401k, you typically have what I like to say is a short menu. If you go to a restaurant and they have just like a short menu, they don't have the full, full-blown full menu. Um, this is a short menu of investment options. And so generally, you know, looking at 10 to maybe 30 different options, but they all have different um different objectives and so to build your diversified portfolio you may only have one particular fund for each you know say asset class you're trying to fill so you don't have a a slew of different options so to speak um and then uh also under the limited options is you go and start your new 401k well your new 401k may not have the same investment options as your old 401k. So then you're having to manage two sets of different investment options Mm -hmm. rather than having just one consolidated approach. And so trying to understand and keep track of more investment options. And then uh, once you leave your employer, also losing out on perks that you get for employees, um, like the matching, like we talked about, as well as, you know, some employers are providing financial coaching, advising, you know, advising on on those accounts and you you potentially lose out on that. Um, any any what what are some other thoughts on on the negatives of, of leaving it at the employer? I mean, the main one that that I have seen is people forget about. It. Yeah, you might. I think I, we talked about this the other night. Um, you might be. 50 some odd years old and you've got a 401k out there from your twenties and you're getting, you're really thinking about retiring and you hire someone like us. And we sit there and we're like, all right, all right. You know, Jim, what, what do you have? Like, well, I got this 401k. Oh, and I also have this 401k from when I worked at so-and-so and you're like, well, what's it been? Why is it there? Oh, I just never rolled it out. So then you might've changed jobs four or five times. Now we got to go back and hunt down, you know, four or five 401ks. Um, logistically that's a nightmare but also those haven't been managed or even thought about since you left that company and they've they've probably grown which is good but they could have been managed more efficiently um what is it invested about them what's that (laughs) what is it invested in a balanced fund balanced fund (laughs) yeah and and if it is you know the target date funds which that's a whole nother podcast but target date funds are probably what you're invested in and as you get older, those target date funds lean a lot more conservative. And so over yeah. time, you might not have needed to be conservative, but you are and you don't know it. So those funds haven't grown like you thought they were and you're behind in your retirement plan. So moving those out, consolidating those and having those professionally managed is 98% of the time going to be my recommendation. 
Um, there are caveats to that, but leaving it there, it's just, it's just a logistical nightmare in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Orphan 401ks is is what they call them. But yeah, yeah, it's, um, when I first started with, uh, my first company that had a 401k, um, I was auto enrolled in a balanced fund. Yeah. Like the it, thinking about that now, it's like, that was a horrible option for me. Um, and so if I would have, you know, never touched that and left that there, there's so much growth that I would have missed out on, um, yeah. over, I mean, I did miss out on some before I kind of got into this and, um, but yeah, now I'm like <laughs> pretty, pretty aggressive as they would say. Yeah. So yeah. relatively speaking. So, so our second option was roll it into your new 401k with your new employer. So let's, let's talk about the pros and cons of that. Yeah, it's, I, I've seen it a couple of times. It's actually a little more rare than, than rolling it out to an IRA or leaving it there because people don't know it's an option, but it is an option. Um, if you don't feel comfortable opening up an IRA by yourself and you already have this 401k at your new employer, it, it is easy to just roll it over to that employer, especially if it's the same custodian. So if your previous employer was at Fidelity and that's where your 401k was and your new employer 401k is at Fidelity, that's easy. You're just flipping a switch. You're moving those old assets into that new 401k and you're having them managed by that new 401k plan advisor. Um, I've seen it a couple of times in, in a, a, a kind of going off on a tangent. If you roll your old 401k into your new 401k, you always have the option most of the time to roll out that old 401k to an IRA. And I've seen that a couple of times these past couple of years because people didn't know what to do. They just rolled it over when they should have rolled it to an IRA and you can go back in and get those funds back out. So um, pros to do it, consolidation, which is number one on my list, um, getting it away from that old employer uh, and then possible better investment options that you put that on there, Kyle, you have a kind of a question mark. That's that's a double edged sword. Um, yeah. A lot of the funds you see in one 401k are probably going to be the exact same in another 401k, just titled differently. So, um, yeah, I, I'd say it's an option. There's a couple of pros, but more cons. So um, what do you think some of the cons are, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, possible better investment options, you know, it's kind of investments are kind of a dime a dozen nowadays. It's very commoditized it, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, so some of the cons are going to be costs, um, you know, going back to what we talked about and keeping it in your old 401k, when you transfer it to the new 401k, you're still going to have, you know, potentially administrative fees. Um, that are coming out of your account, whether or not your employer covers those. Um, some will, some won't. Um, and then the expense ratios of the, of the new funds, um, but also kind of the same points of limited investment options, um, like we talked about before. And then uh, um, requires paperwork to transfer. So we kind of talked about that. that. That's a pain in the butt, you know, Um depending on the plan administrator that you're working with and what their particular process is for transferring the funds. Um, but then uh, when I say transfer the funds, so then you're actually out of the market for a short period of time. That's also another thing. So mm-hmm. um, usually, you know, a week, a few weeks, um, but uh, things can change in that time period. I mean, just go back to um, 
uh, March of, uh, 2020. So, um, yeah. but, uh, so your, your old employer would liquidate the funds that are in your, your account at your old 401k, and then they'd send a check or whatever to the new plan where they would deposit the money. And then that's got to get invested. And so that's what I mean by you're out of the market for a short period of time. But yeah, th those are, those are kind of the main points that I, I'd like to make on that. Any thoughts? No, th those are right up okay. my alley and my okay. thoughts as well. Yeah. Okay. We're pretty aligned there. So then let's talk about rollover to an IRA or Roth IRA. And then this has a couple sub options for that. But um, this is generally, you, you kind of caught me on this. Um, I, I said, I always recommend this. Not totally true. Um, there's rare instances where it makes sense to, um, you know, transfer from your old 401k to the new 401k or something. And I'll let you touch on that because you do make a good point about that. Um, it's kind of a good problem to have, but, <laughs> but, uh, so some of the pros of rolling to an IRA or a Roth IRA. So I like more control. Um, I don't want the restrictions and everything that a plan administrator is going to have on my money. I want it over in my hands to be able to invest it and do what I want with it. Um, which kind of leads into the second point, you have more investment options available. And so when we talk about rolling over to an IRA or Roth IRA, um, talking about going and setting up an account at one of these discount brokers like a Schwab or a TD Ameritrade or a Fidelity or something like that, even a Vanguard. Um, but you're going to have more investment options available to you. Um, rather than just the 10 to 30 different options that you have in your 401k plan. you uh, Typically in your 401k, you're dealing with mutual funds mm -hmm. um, and then maybe company stock. Maybe some 401ks offer ETFs, but generally what I've seen, it's, it's mutual funds and, and company yeah. stock potentially. Um, rolling over into an IRA, Roth IRA, you've got mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, bonds, the sky's the limit. You can even do like cryptos. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, you just have more options available to you. And with that, you can minimize costs. Um, there's all sorts of funds out there that, um, have very, very small expense ratios or some, some, uh, fund families even have zero, zero cost, uh, mutual funds, ETFs. Um, and so, uh, you can lower the cost. You're not paying an administrative fee, um, so virtually you can manage your account for at no cost, yeah. um, other than the expenses of the funds and then consolidation. So you've, you know, worked for multiple employers, um, rather than having those old 401k sitting out there with your old employers, you can bring them all together and mm -hmm. have them in one account. Um, and that way you're not having to keep track of multiple accounts. Um, yeah. so, so it, I, I like that. Um, but uh, maybe talk about the if you have any more pros or cons on that. I think cons and you some of the some of the pros can be cons. Um, and yeah. I like the first bullet you put here. A con in some people's eyes is you've got to pick your own investments. Um, yep. So you're responsible for your future, um, which leads into a shameless plug of that's kind of why you hire a wealth advisor, a financial advisor, someone that has the background and the knowledge to sit down and, and evaluate some of these funds and build a portfolio and make sure it aligns with your goals and your wishes and your risk tolerance and that, okay. Into my sales pitch there, but, um, but that, that can be a con. And, and I want to also want to clarify, if you want to go and open up an IRA or Roth IRA on your own, you can do so. You do not have to hire a wealth advisor to do that. You can go to 
Schwab.com. I want to open an IRA, fill out the paperwork, takes a little bit of time, fill out your social security number, boom, open up an IRA, move the money into that. You can do that. It's just, you know, you got to be comfortable doing so. Um, Another con is cost of hiring an advisor. We cost money. We we don't, uh, we're in the business of of being in business. Um, So we have fees associated with uh, our services as well. Um, We've got babies we need to feed. Yeah, we got to feed ourselves too. Yeah. So, uh, and, and to that point, um, speaking on the pros and cons, a pro could be um, working with a wealth advisor, um, establishing that um, relationship early on and working with us to develop that financial plan and manage those dollars. Um, that's a pro. It's also a con because there's a cost associated with it. But um, you can interview multiple wealth advisors. You can ask all the interviewers, interviewees rather, um, how much do you charge? How do you get paid? What kind of investments am I going to be in? How are my investments? What's the expense ratios on those? You have more control with that as well. I've had clients tell me, Ethan, I think this portfolio is too expensive. I'd like to explore other options. So we look at more ETF and individual stock portfolio. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of options when you roll out an old 401k to an IRA. So I went back and forth between pros and cons there a lot, yeah. but they all kind of intermingle each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, kind of double-edged sword, but, uh, yeah. and we, we talked about that on an earlier podcast about, you know, finding an advisor. Um, I think it mm-hmm. was what the hell is a financial planner. And so we, we kind yeah. of made some points about what to look for, what to ask. I always recommend, you know, interview, you know, a handful, three, at least advisors, um, to find the right fit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of to your point of, um, having it be managed by an advisor. I think, uh, a good advisor is going to go beyond just picking the investments and managing your account for you. And we'll, we'll get into this here in a second, but, um, you know, when I, when I talk to prospects and clients, I say, you know, financial planner, is different than your typical financial advisor who's just focused on the investment portion. I say that's a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. And so we put all the pieces of the puzzle together, you know, looking at taxes, looking at your cash flow and budgeting and how it all fits together. And so, um, you know, the, assuming you get a, a good advisor, a good financial planner, the value is going to exceed what it's costing you. Um, you know, and this is kind of a shameless plug for us, but, um, you know, if you're, you're comfortable picking out the investments and managing yourself, then go for it, you know, not a problem. But if you're not and you want to, you know, roll over to an IRA or a Roth, then, uh, you know, don't be afraid to kick the tires and, and check out an advisor. So, <laughs> because, you know, uh, you mentioned target date funds. I'm not a huge fan of those. Um, yeah. It's a good, I view it as kind of like the pension with a little more freedom, you know, they're viewing it, they're, they're managing the target date fund for everybody viewing you as the average person. It's not catered to your individual needs. And so um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them. It's built for the average person. I don't think you're the average person. I don't think you're the yeah. average investor. So it's a good place uh, to start, but don't, yeah. Don't live in that pool. Yeah. Right. But those, those are popular in 401ks. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of everybody that's a lot of folks are auto enrolled into target date funds. Um, 
and that's that's what you're in. I think I agree with you. I think they get too conservative too soon. Um, and right now, does it make sense for someone to have an allocation to bonds that's you know 30 years out from retirement? Um, have you looked at interest rates? What happens right. when interest rates go up? Um, your bonds are going to take a bath, and so um, you know, I like I said, I'm viewed as more aggressive, but I don't know. But your target date fund is not catering to your individual needs like that. So, yeah. Um, anyhow, kind of went off the rails there. But uh, um, I, I said, you know, I almost always recommend rolling over to an IRA or Roth IRA. But uh, um, what instance would you recommend not rolling over to specifically to an IRA and uh, either yep. keep it at your old employer or the new employer? And I'm bringing this up because you caught me on it. It's true. Um, so yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about that. So this is, I'll make this kind of short, but um, dovetailing off the topic we, we just covered of hiring a good financial planner, hiring someone that looks at things outside of just your portfolio. Um, I had an instance uh, earlier this year, I had a new client come on board and they're a highly compensated individual. So they phased themselves out of Roth IRA contributions. Um, they couldn't, they make the, in the government's eyes, they make too much money. They can't contribute to a Roth and have those uh, post-tax benefits of a Roth. Um, we were looking at rolling out their 401k so that I could manage it. Um, and then kind of start and establish the re relationship there. And then they were going to um, contribute to the new 401k. Well, through the planning process, we discovered that um, a backdoor Roth IRA contribution uh, would be best for their particular financial plan. Um, in doing so, um, with the backdoor Roth, you're not allowed to have any uh, pre-tax assets outside of an employer plan. So if you have a traditional IRA or a SEP IRA or anything of that nature, um, those are considered pre-tax assets outside of a employer plan, which is a 401k. You can have $15 million in a 401k, as long as it's in a 401k and you can still do a Roth, back to a Roth strategy. Um, so what we ended up doing with this individual is, is we left um, her old 401k at her old employer. Um, we started doing the back to a Roth strategy. And then eventually after we just kind of uncovered more um, financial planning topics, we also discovered that her new 401k had better investment options. So we took that old 401k, rolled it into the new 401k um, and we're continuing to do the backdoor Roth scenario. Um, the unfortunate part is her new 401k does not offer a Roth, a Roth 401k option. So her only Roth availability is through a Roth IRA. So we're, we're keeping those separated and at her employer in order to take advantage of this backdoor Roth loophole that's there. So um, yeah. to sum it up, you'd leave it at your old employer or your new employer if you have a unique situation that, that is uncovered to where you can phase yourself out of other strategies that are out there. Yeah. And not everybody knows about, I would guess very few people probably know about this, but um, yeah. yeah. So it's um, kind of to your point when we're talking about, you know, highly compensated. So eligibility for Roth IRA contributions. So single Modified adjusted gross income phase out is between 125,000 and 140,000. So if you make 140,000 modified AGI, uh, you can't do a Roth, a Roth IRA. 
If you're married filing jointly, modified AGI phase out is 198,000 to 208,000. So if you make over 208,000 modified AGI as a household, you can't do a Roth IRA. However, anybody can contribute to a traditional IRA. It's whether or not your contributions are deductible, kind of like your um, your 401k contributions are pre-tax with the traditional IRA. The, the benefit of that is you can get deductibility of your contributions, so reduce your, your taxable income. Um, and so the phase-outs on that are much lower for the deductibility of your contributions, but you can still contribute. So you can do non-deductible contributions to the IRA. Um, but then as you were talking about the backdoor Roth, you do non-deductible contributions to the IRA and then convert them to a Roth. We say loophole, but it's been blessed. Um, mm-hmm. It's been okay yep. by the IRS. So it's legit, it's legal. Um, but uh, the problem comes is if you roll over that 401k to your IRA, that's all pre-tax. And so we're dealing with, um, you can't just isolate your non-deductible contributions and convert them to Roth. They're looking at a pro, it's a pro rata, it's called the aggregation rule. And so um, it's pro rata of what you roll over and what's taxable and what's not. So I know that was kind of long-winded. But, it's honestly um, the most confusing thing to think about. <laughs> but yes. if you just look at it at black and white, it's st- it's even still confusing. So um, if you're doing a backdoor, you can definitely do it without hiring an advisor. But if you want to kind of take all liability off the table, work with a CPA and work with a financial advisor, planner, whatever you want to call us, uh, to help facilitate to make sure that's still in compliance. Um, so definitely, you know, run that by somebody if you're going to do that. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of where I get into the, you know, the value of an advisor is, you know, would you've known about the aggregation rule when you're trying to, you know, roll your old 401k over and you want to do Roth contributions? Because I don't know about you, but I love Roths because we're in the lowest tax environment we've seen in our lifetimes and most people's yeah. lifetimes. And uh, they're not permanent. They're set to revert back up to higher rates. And uh, with the spending, the insanity of, of what we're doing, they just passed, the House just passed, what, a $3.5 trillion um, budget or bill um, for spending. I mean, it's insane. And how are we going to pay for all this? Mm-hmm. Taxes are going to go up. I mean, it's just kind of inevitable. Um, you know, not saying I have a crystal ball, but... Uh, so, you know, the idea of having assets in a tax-free account where when I take withdrawals in retirement and it's not taxable, that's a good deal to me. And so, um, I'm a big fan of the Roth. So, but, uh, would you have known about the aggregation rule or do you know how much that you can contribute to a Roth IRA in 2020, 2021, um, mixing, mixing up my years, but $6,000 by the way, um, is the, is the limit. Um, and, uh, depending on the phase outs and then if you're 50 or older, you get a thousand dollar catch up so you can do up to 7,000. Um, but, uh, sorry to interrupt, but something to note, um, on the 401k conversation, if your employer offers a Roth 401k, you can max that out all Roth. So you can contribute $19,500 to your Roth 401k. You're still going to get your employer match. They're going to match you on the pre-tax side because that's how they get their tax deduction. But so if you have that option, there's also no income limit. So if you make $400,000 a year, 
um, you can still put $19,500 into your Roth 401k, get your match, um, and, and carry on, uh, inside of a Roth, just like Kyle mentioned, you are, you're, you're handcuffed at $6,000, depending on your age, seven, if you're yeah. $7,000, if you're over 50. So the Roth 401k is an incredible tool. If you have the ability to utilize it. Um, the only reason I would say don't use a Roth 401k is if you're contributing to a pre-tax for the tax deduction now. Um, yeah. But even then, just like you said, I'd rather pay tax on the seed than the harvest. So pay taxes now, let it grow. Don't have to worry about taxes again. Well, well and that's that's the thing. Um, I like to make the comparison with the IRA versus the Roth IRA. Uh, but because it's a smaller amount and it's more palatable to, to individuals. But yeah. kind of to the, what you were talking about with the Roth IRA or Roth uh, 401k versus the traditional 401k. They have the same limits. You can contribute the same amount mm -hmm. and then they both grow at the same rate because they have the same investments inside of them. And then in retirement, one gets taxed and the other one doesn't. Which one are you going to choose? Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's, you know, we have these buckets that we can fill up and, yeah. uh, you know, so, but, but yeah, the, you know, with the advisor, I'm not trying to preach advisor. I'm just trying to say, you know, what you can do with your old 401k, but the benefits of an advisor is you're building a relationship with somebody whose job is to look out for the bumps and curves and, um, of, in the road of your financial future. Right. And so having that there, that's able to point out of, Hey, let's do this backdoor Roth. Um, but we got to be aware of the aggregation rule or, you know, all those sorts of things, um, there to help, they're there to help you with that. So, um, yeah. What, and why do we have to make this all so confusing? <laughs> um, so, so my suggestions for changes to retirement savings, we'll, we'll, I'll just throw this out real quick. So my, my suggestions, I got to pull this up. I wrote it down. So, um, scrap the employer sponsored plans, IRAs, Roth IRAs for everyone, right? Yep. And employers can make contributions to those. Yeah. Raise and the limit. Make the limit yeah. like thirty or forty thousand dollars. I mean, I don't care what the limit is, to be honest. Right. Um, as long as it's high. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh eliminate phase outs. Mm -hmm. So anybody can contribute to these up to up to the limit. And then uh I know, I know this is too simple for the dolts in DC, but uh, uh they, they need to control everyone's lives, but I mean, just simplify things. God, same with the HSA. And, and to that point, I mean, Kyle, what you're asking for is a lot. I don't know if any of that's going to get there. But you know, it's something easier. If you teach this stuff at a very high level at a young age, if you're a sophomore, junior, senior in high school, and you learn about saving for retirement, what it looks like, make it a class. I I, I graduated and I'm 30. I'm, I'm X amount of years out of college and I haven't used calculus since I graduated, but if, but I use personal finance every day and every one of my yeah. clients uses personal finance every day. So teach it there, learn it yeah. at a young age, cement it in your brain. And you're not going to ask someone what my 401k returns. It's not your 401k. It's the investments inside of there. And that's, it's very simple, but it's never been taught. And so, um, it's just, it's a lost, lost art. Uh, you could call it even. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, I'm off my rant. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we'll have to do another podcast just ranting about, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, 
What, 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 how would you change the system? Have you thought about it to simplify it or make it easier? Simplify it. I mean, there doesn't need to be acronyms and tax codes and the 401k could be called an employer plan or just, I get people that they don't know that IRA stands for individual retirement account and they go, well, I want a joint IRA. And I'm like, you can't have a joint IRA. It's your IRA. Actually, so, so technicality here. So it's actually individual retirement arrangement. Arrangement. But See? marketing works well. So everybody calls it just individual retirement account. Exactly. But the I. Even the discount individual. brokers call them individual retirement account. But right. if you look at the at the uh, IRS, the tax code, it's an individual retirement arrangement. Yeah. Stupid, but, stupid. But uh, people don't even know that they can't own those with their spouse. And it's like you can't. Yeah. And, and it's just it's so complicated. And this is, again, for another time. But how do you utilize financial planning coupled with estate planning and what does your IRA, IRA mean in a trust and how does that benefit you or not benefit you? And there's just so much out there. It's just, it'll never be simple. Um, and it'll, it's a, it took me a long time to learn it. Um, I yeah. graduated with a finance degree and even afterwards, I'm still learning stuff today. So, um, just hire a professional, take some liability off yourself, uh, do what you do best. That's probably work and make money. Uh, and let, let someone else kind of handle the, the planning side of things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, thanks for hopping on today. Tell yeah. everyone where they can find you. So my name is Ethan Hutchison, H U T C H E S O N. Um, I have no relation to, uh, whoever Hutcherson or whatnot. And, uh, Hutcherson. I'm not from Hutchinson, Kansas. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram or Facebook, uh, Ethan Hutchison. I think I, Instagram is Ethan Hutch. So it's pretty simple, but, um, I'm out there. I try to post quite often on, on LinkedIn and I just put out content yeah. that, uh, I, I talk to my clients about. So if, if you're one of my clients and you, and we talk about something and then you see a post the next couple of days, it's probably because <laughs> I, it rang a bell and I was like, people need to know this. So, um, yeah. don't worry. I'll never you know tell anyone you're my client. That's what's going on, but that's kind of how I, I use, utilize my content. So, um, so yeah. Hope to connect with you guys. Awesome, man. Well, we'll put uh, put links in the show notes so people can find you. Um, all right. Well, hey, thanks for hopping on again. You take yeah. it easy. We'll talk to you later. I appreciate okay. it. Yeah, right. sounds good, man. I appreciate it. All right. See you, Kyle. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this still sounds a little confusing, I get it. We eat, sleep, and live this stuff over here. So if you still have some questions, feel free to drop me a line and I'll do my best to answer them or pass them along to Ethan. Now you can find more information about our guest, Ethan Hutchison, in the show notes. And I think we're working on having him back for a future episode. So stay tuned. Wink, wink, Ethan. If you're listening, that's an invite for you to hop back on the podcast. If you'd like more information about me, and let's be honest, who wouldn't, or Hilltop Financial Planning, you can visit hilltopfp.com. And for links and resources mentioned in the podcast, be sure to check out the show notes, pointing down to the show notes. Also, be sure to hit the subscribe button, or if you're on an Apple device, hit follow. We don't charge you to listen. But uh, you do that, you'll get all the new episodes when they drop, and they should be coming fast and furious. So, And if you could do me a favor and leave the podcast a review, that would be appreciated. Remember, as Stu Bergier says, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You can find Personal Finance from the Hilltop where podcasts are found at Hilltop 
we continue to bring on new clients. So if you or someone you know are interested in discussing how we can help you find financial freedom, go to our website and click on Schedule a Call in the upper right-hand corner. We offer a free 30-minute introductory call, no sales pitch, just a conversation about you, what you're looking for, and how I can help. Lastly, the dreadful, scary disclaimer that I was advised by compliance to read, and that is... Everything on this podcast is of my opinion or my guest's opinion and is not meant to be taken as investment advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as a fiduciary. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Hilltop Financial Planning LLC is a state registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri, but serves clients nationwide where exempt from registration. Another episode of Personal Finance from the Hilltop in the books. Signing off from the Hilltop, I'm Kyle Hill.